I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the fangirl radio show i'm your host jessica dwyer and we are back after a very short hiatus after our halloween special which i hope you enjoyed um and with me tonight are my two lovely and talented co-hosts mr carl duty hello fangirl nation i'm shaken and stirred to be back with you <laughs> i think that can, is a very heavy-handed hint on what he will be talking about later in the episode. foreshadowing <laughs> it's a literary tool and also with us is mr eric smith hey everyone uh, so this episode, uh, yes, we will be talking about the return of 007. Uh, Carl went to Spectre after I debated back and forth. I still haven't seen it, so it will hopefully be a non-spoilery review um, because I heard good and bad, mostly indifferent. And uh, I think Carl has uh, a different opinion on that, which I'm anxious to hear um yes we will be talking about tv there's a lot of tv to talk about there's video games there's comic books and there's comic cons to discuss um i have to say i am very excited because um just a personal announcement i am now a part of harvest moon studios which i am super excited to be a part of um it's a genre studio that is making a resurgence with a new series on vimeo called tales of horror which is really cool um, and I'm very excited to be a part of it um, they are uh, doing great content they're very independent and they're very artist friendly and that's what I am all about so yay Harvest Moon great news it is um, so go check them out uh, their website is I believe Harvest Moon Motion Pictures Studio and Television um, you can find them online and uh, you can uh, look up the information if you are an independent filmmaker with some shorts you're looking to, um, to have produced and sent out to the masses. They're the place to go. Uh, so moving on to TV, the land of television and um, Doctor Who. The Zygon inversion happened, and so many people that were not completely converted to Capaldi <laughs> have been converted, as as you would with a Zygon, actually. Um, 
he nailed that episode. I actually was a little bit teary-eyed during this episode as he gave probably one of the best speeches in the entire series. Did Eric, did you catch it? You know, I have only seen the first episode of this season. Oh my I God. S- I have so much going on. I've only seen the first episode of that. I haven't even seen an episode of Walking Dead yet this season. I'm so far behind. Oh, boy. I'm going to be spoiling shit for you. <laughs> That's, That's all right. Bad, bad They're game. all on my DVR. <laughs> um, Carl, did you catch it? Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, let me just say how, again, how happy I am to be part of the fangirl empire and how overjoyed I am at the opportunities that you afford me, and how you're a very merciful and benevolent reader. <laughs> nice knowing you, Carl. That that being said, I may or may not watch Doctor Who. That's that is completely okay. We forgive you. All right. Like she says while we're on the air, we forgive you. Exactly. I know. I know where you yeah. live, um, but. <laughs> In any event, the the Doctor Who episode, the Zygon inversion, um, it it resonated so well with people. What they end up doing with Doctor Who, and they've done it in the past for the last few, uh, actually almost every season, I think, um, since it came back, they always do something really beautiful and very touching around Remembrance Day. Uh, last year, of course, was the the Cybermen and uh, uh, Danny Pink giving that rousing speech and, and the soldier's promise. And uh, this time around, you have this amazing episode where the doctor is trying to get the Zygons and, and the humans to talk about their, you know, the differences. Because you've got this, it's very, very timely pun intended, um, with what they did with the Zygons and how you have an extremist group within the Zygons trying to uh, start a war. And uh, the doctor and Kate uh, Lethbridge-Stewart uh, talking with the leader of this, this group. And she, of course, looks like Clara. As we found out, she's the evil Clara. Her name's Bonnie. And it's just so, so beautifully done, the, the, the comparison that you can take to it. And the, the speech that Capaldi said, which is, I don't want anyone else to feel the way I do. You know, she's trying to tell him that you, you can't possibly know how it feels to make these decisions. And, of course, you know, thanks to the war doctor, we know for a fact that he was ready to commit genocide on his own race, which he did until the the choice was changed um, to stop a war. So it's just so beautifully done. Um, The whole layout, the whole plan, and then the fact that you find out that they have gone through this 15 other times uh, is slightly, you know, this very subtle, hey, by the way, it was 15 other times before that you you made this choice. So it was crazy. Um, Just wonderfully done episode. Of course, coming up, is uh, we're getting closer and closer to Clara's swan song on the show. Uh, the next episode, which is going to be shown on Saturday, uh, is a found footage Doctor Who episode. Something that has never been done, and it's done by Mark Gatiss, so it means it's going to be done well. 
And it's definitely a very horrific episode. And I'm very, very stoked because my friend Paul plays the big bad in this. And he may or may not have been sending me pictures that he shouldn't have. <laughs> may or may not. I cannot. Way to rat him out. I can't confirm or deny. Well, he's already posting photos on his own page. i like, God, Paul. But um, it's, it's uh, I did not use his last name. Um, it looks amazing. Um, Reese Shearsmith is in it as well. And uh, the episode has to do with sleep deprivation and how uh, this creator, played by Reese Shearsmith, uh, created these boxes called the Morpheus box, I guess is what it is. And they're on a space station. And what the Morpheus box does is all you do is sleep for five minutes. And that gives you um, an, that five minutes is the equivalent of a month of sleep. And so you don't have to sleep again for a month after that five minutes. So think about the horrible things that can lead to. It, it can lead to, it's going to lead to bad things. It's going to lead to monsters because it's Doctor Who. Uh, So I'm very stoked about this. And, uh, of course, we got the announcement today that Fathom Events is doing, once again, a Doctor Who showing of the Christmas special um, on, I believe it's the 20th and 29th of December in theaters with a special making of and all of the good goodies that they add on. And uh, that, of course, is the return of River Song, which I'm not at all excited about. Melody Pond. Melody Pond. Um, So with that, that's the Doctor Who report. I am very, very stoked. It's going to be great. And I'm also sad about the fact that we're almost done with this season already. Flies by. I know. There's only like three episodes left. Um, But they did... uh, they did give the a very short synopsis of what is going to be the finale of this season. Not the Christmas special. The finale of the season is going to be a two-parter. Um, the first part is going to be called, I believe, Heaven Sent. And then the second part is going to be called Hellbent. And Hellbent is apparently what do you do when the doctor has absolutely nothing left to live <laughs> for, nothing left to lose, has... He is beyond angry and reckless and no longer cares. Now, this is the uh, this is the one where the first part is just Peter Capaldi. I'm wondering, I because I, I, it has to be one of those two. And so it ve- very well may, may be the first part. Uh, it, Heaven Sent may be the one that is the all Peter Capaldi. Or it could be the second. Um I'm I'm wondering. I think it's going to probably be the first because from what I've gathered, the episode after this one, which is where we see Riggsy come back, uh, it, it has a shocking surprised ending. Um, twist happens. And I'm thinking that surprise shocking twist is Clara dies. Hence the heaven sent and hell bent. Um, there's also, of course, giant rumor mill going around that there's going to be previous doctors showing up in the finale and previous monsters are going to be shown. Um, I think it takes place possibly in caves on Gallifrey. But I truly think that what you're going to find out is this, this the hybrid because um, uh, Macy Williams is coming back too uh, already. I think you're going to find out that this hybrid they've been talking about all season is, is Clara. 
And that leads back to the first time we ever met Clara, which was when she was a Dalek. Souffle girl. Souffle girl. And she's still making souffles. They, that's happened. <laughs> so I think it's going to be, I think that's what's going to happen. It's and and, the, big re the big reveal is that these are all just the dreams of K-9. Oh. The entire series of Doctor Who, all every Doctor, it's all just canines, doggy dreams. Canine, they're making a series. Did you hear? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the other the other thing that happened this week, Doctor Who related to, is the fact that the Lego Dimensions add-on pack for Doctor Who has been released, and if you get that, you can play as every Doctor. You're, you're not just Capaldi. You can play every Doctor, and I believe that they come with um, within the game. You can change the TARDIS interior to every uh, the the matching interior to your Doctor, so you get their little round things back if you want on your TARDIS walls. And I guess the Doctor can ride canine like a pony. That's just wrong. I know it's weird. <laughs> I can't wait to play it. That's definitely on my Christmas list. The only thing I don't like about Lego Dimensions is the fact that they're like thirty dollars for these packs mm -hmm. each. It's crazy. Is that more than the um, the other game? Um, the Star, the the uh, Disney Infinity. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, because Disney Infinity, you just buy, you just buy the figures, and they're only like a ten or eleven dollars each. Okay. Um, but the thing is, with this, you are actually getting an entire game with it. So it's it, it is worth it. You're getting your three figures and you're getting a game. So it's still, yowch. Because if you want to get them all, I'm one of my um, when I was at Toys R Us one day, the guy there said that the day that came out, someone bought the game and bought every single pack for it. And that's nice. everything. And I, I think they probably dropped close to a grand. If um, or pretty, it was a lot. I mean, because the game itself is a hundred like eighty dollars. Mm -hmm. So it it's it adds up. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to the boys so they can talk about the Flash because I'm still behind on this show. Oh, such a oh, great yeah. show. Behind you have flash. never watched Doctor Who <laughs> because <But> nobody <laughs> can catch nobody can catch up with the Flash. Exactly. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> Listen, I I may not have watched Doctor Who, but I have watched both Bill and Ted movies. It's relatively the same. Oh my, mm, he's pushing it. Wow. I, I get Whovians with that every time. It's not And they all come at, at me all. with like, but Doctor Who came first. Yes, I know. It has Whovian, nothing to do with joke. each other. See? See? They're both in a phone book. Phone book. Phone booth. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> They're in a phone book. They're both in a phone booth, so it must be the same thing. Exactly. America just took it and make it better, because that's what oh. we do. We're America. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to stab America. Gonna <laughs> so anyway, the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stab him. <laughs> Before we start an East Coast, West Coast war, <laughs> a, mu a much more underwhelming and slightly <laughs> more pathetic like that East Coast, Bridget West Jones. Coast war than, than what has happened before. It's it's more just like, you know, tossing 
poorly timed insults at each other than you know <laughs> actually driving around and shooting each other. You just, you just picture Hugh Hugh Grant and Colin Firth and and Bridget Jones's diary slapping each other <laughs> poorly. <laughs> What happened, Chief? He was a victim of drive-by sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Flash. <laughs> Flash yes. continues to be good. Oh, better than good. Huge. Huge. Well, we're two. We haven't done it in two weeks, so we can. What happened last week? Because I just watched this week's episode tonight. Last uh, week. Last was... week was Doctor Light. Yes. Yes. Last week was their interpretation of Dr. Light. Now, for those of you who have uh, read the comics in the past, you know there are two versions of Dr. Light. One, a hero. Another one, a villain who is, wow. It's just, they took that villain and just ran with it. it he was the uh, infamous... Uh, antagonist behind the act that kicked off the now classic identity crisis story yep. uh, written by Brad Meltzer. And if you've never read identity crisis, you definitely need to read it. It's highly recommended reading, but yeah. So last week they introduced Dr. Light as the newest um, earth Two uh, hit person sent to kill the flash. And, of course, that didn't work out because he's the Flash. And he's, he runs fast and, and beat Dr. Light. Um, this week, I think, was a much more personal episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they um, they kind of... The main uh, storyline of the episode was them, them trying to lure Zoom so that they could use a speed reducer, like tranquilizer dart on him. And that did work, but there's a lot more, they kind of scraped a little deeper than the surface in this week, dealing with uh, Barry's feelings toward uh, Harrison Wells, Wells, the, the earth one Harrison Wells that <laughs> murdered, that was taken over by Eobarthon and murdered his mother and things like that. Not the earth two Harrison Wells that's come to help them capture zoom. Um, we Just call him Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just call him H2. Um, oh. We see... <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> we see a uh, much more developed relationship between Barry and Peggy. I keep forgetting this character's Patty? name. Patty, thank you. See, I just <laughs> got to remember. Peppermint Patty. Patty and the Flash. Okay, there we go. Word association works. Um, and... I, I thought, again, in our solid episode, what were your thoughts on it, Eric? Uh, I, I think every episode is, is fantastic, pretty much. There are a couple weak ones in the first season. But I love what they're doing this season um, with the multiverse, which is a concept I've always loved. Uh, the fact that there are 52 openings or wormholes or whatever you want to call them. Um, I mean, the little touches that they're putting in every episode, there's an iconic cover from The Flash that they they had as an action piece in one of the in the second episode of the season. Yeah. Uh, of course, the villain cameo at the end of the fourth episode. 
That was like three episodes ago. I don't want to say who it is for anyone who hasn't seen it, but there's an amazing villain cameo. Yes. Um, it's, it's one of those villains that you never thought you would see. Exactly. Uh, we could probably see it, who it is. Oh, it's I, I think I know. Actually, film. I think I have. I know who this is. It's King Shark. Yeah. Who yeah. ever thought King Shark would be on TV? Yeah. In a live a, action show and looked good. Yeah, it looked fantastic. So I've got one question for you two guys. Okay. Um, because I, I'm not, I'm behind, but I've been keeping abreast of stuff that's been going on in this show because I'm going to get caught up with it eventually. Uh, <laughs> I've heard and read that people are concerned because the CWs, the Arrow, Arrow, and the Flash are having to do this thing where they're cramming stuff in to get ready for Legends of Tomorrow, and they think it's going to cause it to have the same problem the Avengers had. With trying to set up, the Marvel's having the same issue where they're having to work all of this crap in to get ready for it. So, do you see any of that happening? So, so far, I haven't seen it. There have been little tiny things, like they introduced Kendra Saunders a few episodes ago, but it was so. If you didn't know who she was, you wouldn't know that they were introducing a character that's going to be important. It's just, it's someone basically Cisco hits on her, (laughs) hits on this girl that's working at the coffee shop. She rejects him. But then later in the episode, she gives him another chance. And so he introduced, I'm Cisco Ramon. And she says, I'm Kendra Saunders. And you hear the name. If you're a fan, you go, Oh, that's Hawk girl. Yeah. Um, I think when, when captain cold was arrested, some of the dialogue there when he was in prison and he's talking to Barry, I think some of the dialogue there hints at what was to come with Legends of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't think that they're overstuffing it. I think they're moving at a good pace. But uh, between both Arrow and Flash, the week after Thanksgiving is the Flash Arrow crossover, and the picture I saw shows Hawkman and Hawk Girl. And Arrow, Flash, and some others I don't recall. I assume uh, most of the other main characters. Yeah, from the Legends ones, of Tomorrow. Not not so much from Legends of Tomorrow. It's basically just the rest of the supporting cast from the previous two shows. Like there's Speedy in there, Diggles in there, uh, Black yeah, Canary so in there. there. Yeah, so they're kind of in there. They haven't brought in the full Legends of Tomorrow cast. Um, now, I don't watch. I don't watch Arrow. I did watch it last week because Constantine was on. <laughs> Which was a fantastic episode. Um, oh, they really need more Constantine. They really do. Uh, CW just needs to, to, to do the show. But uh, but other than that, I don't really watch Arrow. I watch it when it crosses over with Flash. So I, I can't speak to what they're doing on their show to lead up to Legends of Tomorrow. Arrow... Uh, as you said last week, Constantine was on, which facilitated the re- return of Sarah Lance, who mm-hmm. is going to be White Canary in Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. Um, I would definitely recommend getting on board with Arrow because it's just as good as Flash. Um, it's going in a lot of interesting directions, <laughs> and it's really it just, just building. It, it's really building a, a DC universe, unified universe on television the same way Marvel's done it in theaters. And, I mean, Flash and Arrow both continue to be top-quality shows. 
the bad episodes for them are few and far between. Um, and I'm just really interested to see where they're going to go with this, what future spinoffs we can kind of expect from it. Now, another interesting show that's debuted in the past couple of weeks has been Supergirl. Yep. Interesting is a word. Well, yeah. and, and that was one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. I know I keep saying that, but I haven't got a chance to watch Supergirl. But I'm kind of wondering if I should bother. Because, yes, yes, you should. Well, uh, No, you shouldn't. Yes, you should, because it's fantastic. <laughs> well, it's horrible. <laughs> wow, here we go. My my reason I say that isn't that I'm already prejudging it is because the fact that they've lost every episode they have had a ratings spiral happen <clears throat> and they went from like a thirteen uh, a thirteen the the first episode they are now down to like eight point zero seven and they've dropped another point from their second episode so as it's going it lost almost a third of its viewers in, in from the pilot to the second episode. And it just Are, keeps going down. So now, here's, here's before Carl sings its praises, before Carl sings, goes on about it. I want to give you the truth. Okay. Convince me. <laughs> you, you uh, each have two minutes. <laughs> okay. Actually, I enjoyed the first episode. Uh, Melissa Benoist, I think is fantastic in the role. Uh, I do enjoy the cast. Uh, but I do think the second episode was much, much weaker than the third, or than the first, excuse me. And then this most recent episode, I don't. It's just becoming repetitive, and to me, it's boring. And the only thing at this point that's got me hanging on is Maxwell Lord and seeing what they do with him, and the hope that maybe they'll bring in Booster Gold or Blue Beetle. And because think- the villains are bad, in my, I think the villains are horrible the uh, I, I don't know it's it's way too whiny or melodramatic i don't know it's it it doesn't even compare to the flash or even arrow and that's my two cents carl go <laughs> okay i think i think it's on the same level as flash and arrow uh, eric's eric's point about the villains is, is a valid one the villains are not top quality yet but at the same time the superman supergirl story has never been about villains they've never had the strongest rogues gallery we got to remember in comics when it comes to rogues gallery you have batman then you have spider-man and then there's a steep drop off in quality of rogues galleries so stories like this with supergirl and superman they're defined by the characters they are what makes this show great is that it's everything Man of Steel should have been. It's bright. It's hopeful. It gives you a sense of joy and wonderment when you're watching it. We finally have a strong, positive, female superhero role model out there for younger viewers, whether they be male or female. I do agree with that. we have a show that's gonna ha- that has Hank Henshaw on it. For those of you who are familiar with Superman lore, know that at some point, and they're alluding to it already, Hank Henshaw is going to become Cyborg Superman. Uh, the 
as you mentioned, Eric, uh, Melissa Benoist is fantastic in this role. She is really, really good. She nails it. They're doing so many things right with this show that they didn't do right in Man of Steel or even like the last movie, Superman Returns. Well, and I, I like the fact as I, you know, as they, that they've brought in people kind of like the flash did. They brought in Dean Kane. They brought in Helen Slater, you know, as mm-hmm. they're giving nods back to the stuff that happened before. My big concern is it's CBS. Yep. And That's they, the they the don't watch. know what, the, they don't know what the hell to do. And they're just letting it die. And it seems like they're not, the the more and more I I've looked around I've seen less advertising for it. Yeah, the pro it's it's gonna run in. I think it'll last longer than Constantine, but the fact that it's on CBS is its biggest problem. It's Ooh, I don't on, know if it'll on, even last that long. It's it's on just the fact that it's a, a Superman Supergirl show is gonna buy it at least I would say uh, a full season. I don't know. It's CBS. That's 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 begging for a lot from them. It's definitely on the wrong channel. The problem is that the audience that this show is skewed towards does not watch network television. It it should be on the CW. Exactly. They're watching channels like CW. They're watching channels like FX. Things like that. The show is on the wrong channel. Um, I hope that its ratings pick up because it's definitely worth it. It's a really fun show, and it, it makes us remember that it's it, it's fun to be able to fly. Aww, that's sweet. I do. I, I agree with some of his points. <laughs> and again, Melissa Benoist is fantastic, and it is nice to have a strong female character. Um, but there's this. There seems to be a love triangle possibly developing, and. Uh, you know the 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 way they um, justify the villain of the week uh, is kind of weak. No <laughs> well, now, hold, hold on there, because Flash does the same thing. They Flash all do is a villain of the week show as well. But I like the way they created the villains of the week, and they changed it up for the second season. And all these superhero shows. Except maybe Arrow, because they don't really have a lot of metahumans or whatever you want to call them. But I thought it was weak on Smallville, too, that, oh, all these people gained powers because pieces of Krypton crashed into Smallville. Uh, I just don't, I don't know, the whole Kryptonian prison crashed on Earth and now all the villains have escaped thing. And they've been in hiding for all this time. Just kind of, I don't know, I, I find it weak. Well, I I will tell I, I I we will we will we will put this aside for a later episode <laughs> because I'm curious to see what happens with Supergirl and I want to take it I want to be able to to contribute to it because I want to watch it and I will catch up with this hopefully before our next show and because there's only been three episodes of it but I want to bring up I Zombie because I Zombie just hit it out of the park with this last episode again. And I, oh my God, I loved it. And I love the whole Blaine scenario and that they're finally giving David Anders like a real like arc with his character. and Some actual emotion. And emotion and hardcore emotion. Like I was having, 
I was having problems with it was sad <laughs> and, and just really it's going to be interesting because him playing against Robert Nepper is mm. excellent and watching a cornered and kind of collared Blaine because you know what he was going to do he was going to I what I what I took okay so uh, for background for those that didn't watch the episode the the whole plot with Liv and and Major whatever we kind of figured that was going to happen i'm going to talk about blaine for a minute because it needs to happen um i think what he was going to do blaine if if, from the previous episodes we've learned was very 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 close with his grandfather his father is a bastard and is part of the reason why he's a bastard uh and his grandfather apparently was still alive which i didn't realize and i think they kind of kept that secretive for a reason well Blaine visits his his grandfather in a hospice and in a scene that's just heart-wrenching he kills him by suffocating him because he's just laying there he's basically dead already and Blaine cuts his own grandfather's brain out so I think now Eric you tell me what you think he was going to do I think he was going to the plan was to feed it to his father in place of the heir apparent to the guy that he wanted to take out. Well, so that's his, exactly what he was going to exactly do. exactly what he was going to do. He, he wanted him to feel what his father he, felt. he was with his grandfather when he, he was with his grandfather when he, I believe with his grandfather, when he got on the phone and said, I accept the job. I'll go kill that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he said to his grandfather, basically you and I are going to it. show him what it's like. Yeah. Now, I initially thought he was going to zombify his grandfather. I thought so too, but there until was no he guarantee- picked up the pillow, <laughs> right? Well, and there's no guarantee that it would have healed him. Right. So his grandfather it just, I think, besides being physically feeble, uh, I think they mentioned that a sort of dementia. Right. Right. So I, his yeah, his plan was to uh, tell his father that this was the heir apparent guy guy's brain right have him eat it and suffer that dementia right and turn the tables on him but of course that's not gonna happen well i don't think he's dead i think i don't know well, what, no. i don't know what major is doing it looks like <laughs> i don't know if he's just putting them on ice yeah he hasn't been killing them he's been what's he been dumping off i have no idea but he's obviously not killing them because there's no bullet holes in their heads. Mm-mm. They're just, he's throwing them in a freezer. And that's going to just be bad. That's going to be bad things. I have a I have feeling. So it's even more tragic for Blaine now because he's gone ahead and he killed his grandfather. And he has the brain. <laughs> but he has no father to feed it to. So it's just screwed up. Um, and, of course, the, the, uh, the, the plot of the week... Um, happen and we get uh the you know live and uh, uh well live became a gambler and we got to see stephen williams who we haven't seen in a while which was great um and major and live are back together again what do you think about the fbi agent i like her do you think she's legit i don't know enough about her yet 
Um, she just seems like a cool character. Yeah, I, I like how she plays uh, um, Babineau. I think it's great <laughs> the way the the two of them work together. I'm I'm just having a great time with with um, iZombie this season. It's been fun. It hasn't gone down. I've I've talked again to people who gave it one episode from the first season and didn't like it because they thought it was more Dollhouse and and they've seen it before. And I'm like, no, you you haven't seen this. Well. But, well, one, I like the way they tied uh, the last two episodes together. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, this is more pretender than Dollhouse. And the problem with Dollhouse, besides the fact that I think Eliza Dushku is a horrible actor, except when <laughs> she's playing Faith, is that her character, her actual character had no personality. Right. It was only when they imprinted somebody else on her, but her, herself had no personality. Whereas Liz has personality. Uh, excuse me, Liv has personality. She's a great character, even when she isn't um, being taken over by these other personalities because she ate the brains. Right, and I, I, I just, and I just enjoy the the. It, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy for her. It's not something she looks forward to. It's not like, yay, happy times. I get to eat a brain and become someone else. She's doing it for, you know, on Dollhouse, it was basically whoring themselves out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, re- I just really love it. I really love the show. I love all the characters. You could tell they're having fun doing the show. And I like the fact that they're making Blaine a character who isn't black and white. You feel bad for him, even though he's a bastard, that you see why he's become the person he is. And I really you enjoy You gotta him. love him. You gotta love him. And he's adorable. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I was like, he's, he doesn't want to go back to being a zombie. Leave him alone. Let him just do his thing. He's a little drug dealer. Leave him alone. <laughs> Which is sad. I shouldn't be apologizing for a drug dealer. Anyway... <laughs> Moving on to uh, American Horror Story, very uh, quickly go over that because, holy crap, I don't know what it is with Ryan Murphy and, and the things that he does. Um, the last time I was shocked and awed by an episode of this show and the fact that they got away with what they were showing um, was the school shooting episode, which was from the Murder House season, which was the first season of the show. It was grotesquely done it, because it was realistic and uh, terrifying and horrible. And uh, so this season, um, you know, as uh, it's vampires, surprise, that they're in such, they're uh, a different sort of vampire where it's done by a virus. They don't have teeth or anything like that. They are immortal, but they need blood. And um, this season is a lot about the love of a mother. For her children, and that uh, happens with Chloe Swinney's character, who is infected, um, knowingly infected, so she can be with her now immortal child. And that's creepy enough. They do this whole; it's just really, really creepy. The the relationship between her and her little her son. Um, she like she loves him above all others, everyone, including her own husband. It's very strange. But what happened in this episode that just shocked me that they got away with was the young kids 
murdering their teachers on camera. Um, and uh, one, what happens is Chloe Svengi's character is a nurse, and she's well, not a nurse. I'm sorry, she's a um, a children's doctor. She's a, a pediatrician. Her um, one of her patients is dying because her his mother was an, an anti vaxxer hmm. uh, So he is infected with the measles, and um, he's dying from it. And so she injects her blood in him because what's the worst that could happen? And he's cured, surprise. So the next day after he's released from the hospital, uh, you see him and he's murdered both his parents. And mind you, this kid's like 12, maybe 11, nice. 12 years old. And it's, the, it's Halloween, so he's dressed as a pirate when he's leaving. And he goes, to, he goes to school and he's drank their blood. And so he gets to school and he's got a little girlfriend and they go into the closet and they kiss and he bites her lip and then he goes here you can kiss me I'll, I'll bite my lip too and that way you can taste my blood and it's like this really creepy scene because these are like 12 year old kids and of course she's infected and it's some weird thing because of the virus that he already had interacts with this virus so when they the kids are infected they get like these measly looking hives all over them and so when the teacher comes in to check on her the kid kills the teacher with a, a slices her throat and has the little girl drink her blood and then they infect everybody in the classroom. So you have this entire classroom covered in blood and filled with vampiric 12-year-olds. Nice. It is just screwed up to the extreme. <laughs> so within this same episode, you, um, you find out the um i oh it's just crazy and um you find out the backstory of liz taylor who's played by dennis o'hare and he who's the trans man that works there and that's really touching and then turns horrible but at you it's just wow ryan murphy you've made me feel way too many up and down emotions it's kind of <laughs> it's 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 just horrifying stuff and brilliantly done this season's been great i've really enjoyed it um they finally found a storyline that reacts well with his need to camp things up but holy crap 12 year old um, by the way the 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 vampires get out they go home with their families nice so yeah, it's <laughs> it is some messed up stuff. Um, the Walking Dead happened. <laughs> uh, it this episode wasn't thrilling for me. Um, I wasn't surprised at all by the big reveal that Maggie was pregnant um, because we kind of all figured that. I still don't think Glenn is dead, and I especially don't think he's dead now that they have done their big casting um, reveal that happened, <laughs> which means Negan's coming. And for those of us who have read the comic, we know what that means for Glenn. Do you think they're going to deny us that scene, Eric? Well, I don't believe Glenn is dead. But as far as that scene, you know, there's so many great scenes in the comic that they did take away from us, for lack of a better way to put it, um, because of the popularity of characters or maybe they thought it 
it wouldn't work or they changed something. So I think Glenn is one of those characters that is a last resort kill. Um, I would love for them to do it, but I'm not sure they will. I mean, they've, they've got it set up. If because I don't think he's dead, I think that's all. I think they're no, trolling he's hard. Not dead. They're trolling hard, um, but they've got it set up now with Maggie pregnant, and now they're bringing him on at the end of the season. I think Glenn will be. I, I don't know. I think they may do him in. I, I love the fact that all of these people are, oh Glenn, you can't be, oh, and then they're like, yay, Negan's coming, and it's we're like, do you guys realize? <laughs> What's going to happen if it plays by the way it should? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting for uh, and for those that haven't heard. I don't know where you've been, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast as Negan, and I am beyond stoked. It's it's so many emotions for me because it's just like the governor. It's like David Marcy. Oh, it's the governor. <laughs> It's yeah. John the Comedian Winchester <laughs> as Negan. And don't forget the losers. I can't remember his name in that. But... Yeah, see, I don't know what his name is in that. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't too thrilled with The Walking Dead. It was sort of meh. Um, I did enjoy, I, there's a, up on fangirlmag.com, you can read the review I wrote. But I, I do have to say the most disturbing walkers I've ever seen were those in the, in the sewer. Oh, my God. That was just gnarly. That was some gnarly. Like her hand was going. Oh, I don't even think <laughs> like about said, it. I haven't seen any episodes yet this season. They're all on my DVR. Oh. But I work every Sunday. Oh, man. So I'm at work and then I get home and go to bed and do other things and haven't had time to watch it. Um, but I, I, you know, I see things. It's impossible. I've tried to avoid spoilers on you the can't. internet. Even um, Yahoo does it. Yahoo and I've avoided it. most major things, but of course, even I can put together the things that I hear. Yeah. Even if it's not a full spoiler that I see or hear, I catch little things and I put it together. But no, Glenn's not dead. No. Well, it's not. It's 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 trolling hard by the by them. <laughs> yeah. They're trolling, and, and it's going to come back and bite them in the in the ass. I think because people are going to be. You can't. It's cheap. You just pulled a cheap one, and they're like, "Is he the new Sophia?" I'm like, "God, I hope not." <laughs> so, with that, we're going to turn it over to Mr. Duty to talk about Spectre. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so yeah, I um this past week, like so many others, I went and saw the newest James Bond film starring Daniel Craig, Spectre. Uh, this installment of the James Bond franchise kind of wraps up the story that started all the way back in Casino Royale. And I have to say it wraps it up quite well. Uh, this is an excellent film. I give it two thumbs up. It was very good. Uh, I noticed a lot of the complaints about it are some people say it's boring. I definitely disagree with this. I felt that this was probably one of the more well-paced films of the Daniel Craig run. It, it would get going and then it would slow down. Then would get going just at the right times. It never left you going too long, like developing story or between action scenes. Um, so it was extremely well-paced. 
Uh, it's probably of the Daniel Craig James Bonds. It's probably my second favorite one. Skyfall being the first. Ooh, better than Christina uh, Rao, really? Yes, yes, not by much. See, I rank them. I rank them: Skyfall, Spectre, Casino Royale, and then Quantum of Solace. the The gap between Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace is pretty significant. Um, but when you get to like Skyfall, Spectre, and Casino Royale, they're so close because they're all such good films. Now, granted, it's been I haven't seen Quantum of Solace since I saw it in theaters. And I remember just not liking it very much. I kind of would like to go back and give it another shot. Uh, I know the script had a lot of problems because it happened around the time of the writer's strike. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll go back and give it another watch through. But definitely Spectre is incredible. Uh, Christoph Waltz is Christoph Waltz. He's good and pretty much you can. He, he made Green Hornet watchable. That's how Christoph Waltz is. I I don't even know if it, I, I blanked it from my mind. Thanks for reminding me that that. Movie I've never was. seen it, so don't. Yeah, you're not missing much. Um, but yeah, saying as little as I can about because Jess hasn't seen it yet and mm. she's been on the fence about seeing it. Um, I would definitely say yes. Go and see this one. It's definitely worth it. The opening scene that takes place in Mexico City during the Day of the Dead is just incredible. Um, the, the one thing that I wasn't crazy about in this one though, was the, uh, theme song, the Sam Smith. Oh, you didn't like that? Theme song was not crazy about it. Didn't. Yeah. Didn't, uh, the, and the theme songs for Daniel Craig's run have been pretty solid. The two standouts being, uh, the Chris Cornell song from Casino Royale and the Adele song from Skyfall. Um, exactly <laughs> and like the intro scenes the cre- opening credit scenes are always interesting to see but yeah this one was kind of eh, it wasn't one really great but the story of Spectre is fantastic again it wraps up uh, the this whole like this four movie story arc that started back in Casino Royale um, as much as I would love to see Daniel Craig do another one i kind of at the same time don't want him to do another one because i think these four films have been have been as a whole so good and told told like a really fantastic story i just kind of want him to leave it at that i don't think you're gonna have to worry about it after hearing the stuff he's been saying on the press see he's been going back on a lot of that though oh, but he's coming off as such a He's like, I don't. Basically, doesn't want to do it anymore. But well, I don't yeah. know. from from what I understand is like when he first gave those quotes, like that was an interview right after he got done shooting. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like someone asking you if you want to run a marathon after you just crossed the finish line for running a marathon. <laughs> of course, you're gonna say no because you're freaking tired. Um, but yeah, I've heard he's kind of doubled back on a lot of that stuff. Maybe because someone went up to him and said, um, uh, "Excuse me, Daniel, uh, you're you're in between films, the ones that come in between the James Bond movies, not really setting the world on fire." <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's my turn to make a confession here, since we're all being so open in this episode of oh, Fangirl Radio. I have never seen a Daniel Craig James Bond movie. 
I'm going to caution you if you are a James Bond fan and you've enjoyed all the James Bond movies up until this point, if you watch the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, it's going to be difficult to go back and watch the other ones. Oh, yeah. No, it will be. Because they are very uh, cheesy in comparison. I am a fan of the character James Bond. I've read not all of the books, but some of the books. Um, but yeah, uh, what is it? Like, I think diamonds for forever, I think is a horrible movie. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cheese in a if, lot of the movies that like I know. The, these if you are, like the attitude of, of Connery though, the attitude of Connery, you'll, and the, and the darkness that Connery brought to it. Cause Roger Moore was sort of like, eh, more so <laughs> the Timothy Dalton. Um, see, I love Timothy if Dalton. If you love the Timothy Dalton, I think you'll love it. Oh, I think they look fantastic. I want to see them. I just never have. Yeah, Casino Royale, I still think is my favorite. I can't help it. It just is, it's a perfect Bond movie. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I, I'm, again, between Casino Royale, Skyfall, and Spectre, they're so close that, like, anyone could make a list there and changing any one of those three in any one of the top three positions and i wouldn't have a problem with it wow well i'm i am convinced i'm gonna go see it um because <laughs> i well you hear i've heard i've heard bad i've heard good i've heard bad i've heard good and i'm like you know I'm, i wanted to go see it and i kind of got pulled away by being told it was mediocre so if you're saying that it is on the level of skyfall and Ca- casino royale i'm there easily all right easily on that level so, big game release this week was Fallout 4, and um, I have started playing it, and I am really, 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 really enjoying it. Uh, you guys should definitely go grab it. I know it kills me. It, the game is $59. $59.99 is a lot of money um, for a game. And I it's, remember... It's industry standard. It's now, now it's a standard, which I'm old. Uh but it is amazing. I've got it for the PC because that's where it started. Started on the PC. Old school, I'm a crotchety old bitch. Um, so you should get Fallout 4. I'm telling you right now, just go grab it. It is beautiful. The, the soundtrack by itself alone is amazing. The music that they created for this is just amazing. The visuals are stunning. I have a, a slightly older computer. I think it's about five years old, and I'm able to play the game fine. Uh, the control system is great for it. Just a gorgeous, beautiful, amazing game uh, so far. I'm really, really loving it. Uh, the voice works cool because some of the people that are involved with this um, is Wonder Woman herself, Linda Carter, is in it. Ron Perlman comes back as the anchor man from the previous games. Uh, that he was he uh, played other characters. It's kind of neat. Tim Russ is in this, uh, so it's got like a great voice cast. So far, everything's been spot on. Um, I love the fact that I can talk to my dog and have him go places and kill people for me, and I can heal him so he doesn't die. Nice. So it's it's a really really cool and the customization. What's cool about Fallout Four is you can be either male or female, and you can uh, the and the two characters are connected because it's a husband and wife. So if you decide to be the wife, um, you can customize her to look however you want, and it's very very well you know really 
really cool. Uh, so definitely check it out. Beautiful story too. So far, loving it. Um, just amazing graphics. Just gorgeous. <laughs> I, I was amused uh, today. I think it was today on Facebook. Geek and Sundry updated their status to say in a relationship with Fallout, Fallout 4. 4. <laughs> well, apparently they had like um, uh, the Bethesda did a thing where you could print out a doctor's note to give, <laughs> so you could take the day off from work and just give it, give it to your work to say I'm, I'm contracted. So probably something that's like a irradiated virus or something since it takes place in, after a nuclear apocalypse. But uh, it's an amazing game. Totally. Even if you're not like a hardcore gamer, go grab it. It's it's just super good. Super I've heard good things, and I'd probably be interested in grabbing it if Battlefront wasn't coming out next week. Ah, uh, yeah. It's well, it's, we're coming to the holidays. It's when they're yeah. That's just going to take up all of my time until Street Fighter Five comes out. Jeez. All right, Carl, you have read something really, really, really cool, and I know we're getting close to cutoff time, so I wanted you to have a chance to talk about your comic review. Yes, doing something a little bit different for the comic review this time around, dear listeners. Uh, not going over a bunch of single issues. Uh, it's been actually kind of a couple light weeks for me. Uh, what I do have here, though, is an amazing, amazing thing it's an illustrated adaptation of hunter s thompson's fear and loathing las vegas <laughs> it was adapted by troy little and basically it's a uh, comic book graphic novel version of the classic book by uh hunter s thompson as you can all probably tell those of you who listen to our halloween special we're all big fans of hunter s thompson here yes. and Troy Little has done an amazing job adapting this story. The artwork, the art style that he developed for this fits it perfectly. It's a kind of a cartoonish, a little bit of gonzo influence, obviously, as you can see in a lot of the illustrations here. Um, it's not a uh, sentence for sentence adaptation. It's a lightly abridged version. Having read the book myself, I can, there are some parts i can see they're taken out and for pace reasons things like that um but it's definitely worth a pickup it's a wonderfully uh hardcover bound book uh it's about you know same size as the the actual book itself it's a very comfortable like physical read uh physical readability of books is something that's really big with me because like you see a lot of times that like marvel and dc will come out with these giant omnibuses yeah massive collections and that's great and all but you're spending a hundred bucks on this usually and it's just extremely uncomfortable to, to hold and read uh, this is definitely not that retails for 25 dollars. you could probably get it um at any number of locations if your local comic shop doesn't have it um amazon barnes and noble things like that you could probably find it there if you're a fan of hunter s thompson if you're a fan of the story of fear and loathing las vegas i highly highly recommend picking it up uh, it looks gorgeous he sent me a couple of photos from it and it looks amazing i love how they're cutesy at the same time kind of disturbing yeah exactly i'll um <laughs> I'll post some shots of this on my Twitter account. You can follow me if you want at the real big duty on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. The name works on so many levels. 
Well, before we go, because I know we're about to run out of time, I just wanted to uh, let everybody know, too, uh, starting this, that was released this week, uh, The Eighth Doctor has a comic book series, which is phenomenal for uh, those of us who loved Paul McGann's Doctor, but he didn't think he got enough screen time, which he didn't. Um, but now you can pick up a new series. He's got a new companion, and they're beautifully illustrated. And, of course, because it's, it's Titan Comics, there's like 15 different variant covers that you can get. Um, and also along those lines, they just released the announcement that um, the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane will have a new series starting next year, a miniseries, which is also great. Um, and in that vein of comic bookdom, be sure to come, if you're in the Eugene area uh, in Oregon, to the Eugene Comic-Con that is happening this weekend. I'm very, very, very excited. I'm helping moderate like four panels at this show. I've got my own panel. There will be a fangirl panel at the Eugene Comic-Con. How cool is mm -hmm. that? I got my own panel. Um, but I will be there. Um, Fangirl Rachel will be making her swan song exit at this show. Um, Sarah will be there. Jesse will be there. The boys won't be there because they are out of state. I is... will be there in glowing blue spirit. Yes. It, I will sit, look over and Eric and Carl will be hugged up with uh, Yoda. And they'll be glowing yeah. in the hologram. Um, but I'm very excited about this. So it's going to be Saturday and Sunday here in Eugene, Oregon. So please check us out. You'll find us at a booth uh, over kind of by Ernie Hudson. I think I'm over there. Uh, but it will be fun. <laughs> Jim Beaver's going to be there. And I'm helping mod his panel. And uh, uh, Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story will be there. There's going to be tattooing and comics and drawings. And it's going to be great. So check us out. Thank you guys again. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Eric. No problem. Always a pleasure. This was so much fun. So um, we will see you next week. On Hopefully by then I'll have watched Supergirl and I can give my opinion on it. I, I love letting these guys just fight. It's fun. I need popcorn just to listen. Ah, fight <laughs> hey, for me. Spock hey, and Jess. Eric. <laughs> Jess, really quickly, you know who else has a new comic series out? Ooh. Bill and Ted. <laughs> going to stab you in the neck with a pen see what I did there going to stab you in the neck with a pen Bill and Ted mm -hmm. stab you in the neck with a pen Carl gonna I'm just saying gonna happen, gonna happen. With, that, with that party on mm -hmm. be excellent to each other stab you in the neck <laughs> I <laughs> guitar <laughs> With that, thank you for listening to this week's Fangirl Radio. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.